Welcome to the Lost and Founder, the go-to podcast for entrepreneurs to become the best versions of themselves. I'm your host, Savage Brody. Today we have a really special guest, actually my hero of the year, Jillian Orr. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello, my friend. How are you doing? I'm surviving today, but I'm also I'm thriving, thriving and surviving. <laughs> That's awesome. For those of you who don't know, Jillian, why don't you give everybody the 30-second pitch on who you are? Oh, well, I'm a very outgoing, ambitious girl that likes to challenge the status quo, likes to stick up for other people and what's right. And so in doing so, I went to uh, Brigham Young University, a very uh, religious university that is owned by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And in doing so, I realized halfway through that they don't allow uh, homosexual relationships and they threaten to remove your degree by having those. And so keeping those under wraps, keeping it secret and hidden. I, at my graduation, showed my true colors underneath my gown with a pride flag on the inside of it as I received my degree. Perhaps one of my favorite moments of the year. That was one of the most awesome things that I've seen in a really long time. Thank you. I have so many questions. What was, I mean, how was it received by BYU after you did that? As far as the school itself goes, I don't really know. They've never said anything. They refuse to talk to anybody who's questioning them, newspaper articles or, uh, you know, any interviewers. But as far as the student, the students, they have been so positive. I've had so many students that are thanking me for doing it and saying how incredibly brave that was and how they stand for it with me. But like, you know, so many of them, both in the LGBTQ community and not, you know, they're standing by me. And so it was really impressive to see how many how many students support that, you know, and how many students are standing on the same platform that I am. And uh, you learn, you see that once you make your stance and how many people support you. I have had, I think the only thing I've had close to the faculty reaching out to me is the faculty has been asking their TAs to reach out to me and their <laughs> student assistant and helpers. And they're like, hi, we want to know what teacher said those things. So that's been interesting. <laughs> and I told them, I was like, if BYU wants to know, then they can ask or they can ask their own staff. Yeah, it's not the first time I've heard something like that from not just BYU, but other similar types of institutions as well. You talk about you kept it under wraps for the the time that you're at BYU. Like, obviously, you're not the only one that had to do that. I mean, how big is the LGBT community at BYU? It's I, it's bigger than you know. I I know that one. Some I know a company in Circle has some kind of a, a statistic that it's you know upward of thirty percent, twenty twenty to thirty percent, which is only those who will admit it and own up to it. And I don't know how to get these yeah. percentages because no one's ever asked me, but um, <laughs> you know, with that, they do have, there are groups off campus that are called like the BYU LGBTQ communities, but BYU doesn't support them or affiliate with them. So it's kind of interesting, hmm. um, but there's a lot. And I've, I've come across more and more students as I've been going there, you know, and coming across it, but I, I couldn't tell you because once COVID hit, I wasn't on campus the last two years. How do you think having to suppress who people are of their sexuality, their personality, how, how do you think that affects humans that you've interacted with? I mean, they're, they're being essentially silenced. It's got to take a toll on their uh, their mental health. Absolutely. Absolutely. It does. I know, I know plenty of people that are affected and impacted heavier than me. I think one of the reasons it didn't hit me in a similar way is I was trying to navigate it as an adult, as being an adult, better more so than, you know, in my when I was like 24, 25, versus those who have to navigate it in their early 20s or in their teen years. But like I've come across people who 
have had, like it creates intense depression and anxiety because there is a heavy amount of conflict inside of them. And this, this, this dissonance that they feel where their beliefs are not matching up with their actions. And so when you feel that you're being separated and pulled apart, you have this depression or this like anxiety or this fear because you're not living authentically because you're not living what you feel is true and what you've been taught is true. And so you're stuck in the middle because you can't do what you feel is right because you're told that what you feel is right is wrong. And I think that takes a heavy toll on your mental health, like on your emotional stability. I mean, for me, I had so much anxiety because I had to hide it and I was afraid that people were going to turn me in. And the fear of losing what I've worked so hard, but then the whole other section of coming out and like how my family's going to respond and how my inner circle of people are going to respond. And so there's just so much that you've got to navigate and it's piece by piece. It's like, okay, first tell my family. Okay. Then my friends need to know. And then how are people in the church going to know? And then what am I going to do with that information about the church? And so it's just this domino effect of, you think you're done once you're like, oh, I'm gay or I'm bisexual or I'm transgender. But that's like the whole beginning of a whole new experience and world of things you've got to face. Because to be honest, it's not easy. It's not easy to do this. What's easy is to do what they want, to do what they expect and to move that pretty beautiful life. So nobody wants to do this or face that. And so it's hard. It's really hard to face that. So your family's obviously very supportive of your decisions, you know, who you are as a person, and obviously you know, sticking at the BYU, which is, again, my favorite moment. How long ago did you have that conversation with your family? Like, What was your, I guess, mental preparation, the things that were going on in your head prior to having that conversation? So it was actually when the girl that I was in love with, we, we came to a realization that we're like, these are our feelings. We can't just be friends. And so we need to part ways because the church won't let us. Like, this is not right according to what the church says. And so there was so much grief. I had so much grief and so much pain and sadness because I was letting go of something that I loved or someone that I loved. And also a part of me that I was not honoring, I was betraying. And so there's a lot of pain. And so when we broke up, that's when I went to my family and I was like, look, this has actually been a relationship. And I'm in a lot of pain and I need support right now. And I need you to know where I'm at. And so that's what it was is I was going to them and I came out to them, but to tell them like, I'm not choosing this and it's painful and I need your support. And so I did it one sibling at a time. And I mean, me, when I, when I decide something, I like run at it. So I did like a different sibling every day, some of them two days. Cause I yeah. got six siblings. That's a lot of conversation. Holy crap. That's a big family. That's a lot. That's of a lot. <laughs> yeah. We're bigger than the freaking Brady bunch. And so <laughs> With that, like, it's just a lot and it takes a toll because every time you're vulnerable over and over again, and you have to face that fear again of what are they going to say? What are they going to respond over and over again? And it's, it was always positive, but even if it's positive, like that's really exhausting. And so coming out to all my siblings and then my parents, there's that anxiety and fear of, am I going to be disowned? Are they going to see me different? And you, you know, that you're letting go of who people thought you were. And what, I mean, and not that it's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's just, it's still a grief where you're like, I'm not this straight, perfect Mormon girl anymore. And they're going to know. And how we navigate that is scary. And even if it is better, it's still different. It's painful still. What was the, what was your parents' response to it? They were very loving. You know, when I, when I told my parents, like when I was navigating this, I was like, mom, I'm, I'm trying to navigate this with, with God of like how I identify and my choices and 
trying to figure out how I'm going to follow through with this. And I asked her, I was like, what if God tells me something different than what the church tells me? And she's like, then you follow that. And I trust you that you will get answers from him. And she like, uh, that empowered me so much. Like she's still involved in the church and all that. But like the fact that she trusted me was so empowering. That's actually an amazing story. I mean, I've been doing this podcast for a while. You know, I've met with various members of LGBTQ community. And I've just heard some things that are just like the complete opposite when they've, I mean, especially living in Orange County, California, like it's very conservative down here. And one of my really good friends, he, from a very young age, came out to his parents and then he's never had a relationship with his dad ever since. And that kind of shit just breaks my fucking heart. It's like, why can't you just let, why do you got to label something? Why can't you just let people be? Well, they and that's wanna... the thing is they're like, I love you no matter what, but apparently their love had conditions. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like you're judging people based on who they love, like not if they're a bad person or if they're violence uh, against somebody else or like anything like that. It's like you're literally judging someone because of who they're choosing to love, like something that's supposed to be like wholesome and the fucking foundation of life. So family's very supportive. What about, I mean, did, did they have any idea previous to you telling them that you might be gay, lesbian, bisexual? I think some of my siblings saw how much I cared for my friend, quote unquote, you know? Yeah. I think they saw that I really cared for her and that she and I started to become more than that. Um, and for a while we didn't even recognize it. We were kind of in denial. Cause I mean, you, I mean, you, you suffocate those feelings for 20 something years that when you're in a relationship and you're like, Oh, we're just codependent. Oh, she's just my really, really good friend that like you're in yeah. denial for so long that you just continue that thought process. Cause that's what you've been trained to do, you know? And so I think when I said it, it didn't surprise them because they were like, oh, yeah, you guys do, like, you do look like a couple. And so some of them it did and some it didn't. And it was it was good either way. You know, they weren't like, we knew it. It was like, that makes sense. We're here for it. So you were talking about during this process, you know, the stage of your life where, you know, you were, you had mad anxiety. You were depressed about it. Like, outside of speaking to your family, did you reach out? Did you speak to a therapist? When Before I even told anyone and started to come to, to realization with it, I, I had a really good mentor that I talked with a lot. And I also had a therapist. My mentor was the one that really was present for me and was like, Hey, let's just talk about this. Like I'm here for it whenever you're ready to talk about it. And I didn't want to say it. I was like, talk about what? And she was like, nothing, just whenever you're ready. And I was like, I wanted her to say it. Cause I couldn't even say it, you know, that I, that I had these feelings for someone else. And so I was grateful for her, but yeah, it was my therapist that I, that I started to see because when you feel this cognitive dissonance, when you feel that your beliefs and your actions don't match up, you got to have someone that's going to ask the questions. You got to have someone that's going to help you put those thoughts on the table because right now they're in there and they're messy and they're tainted with emotions and with fears and with traumas and past things. Like there's so much that you, you need someone who can, who can help you to question that and to put it on the table so you can see it clearly because it's really hard to do that on your own. It's really hard. And so when someone can help you, like train you in these tactics and skills of how to see things, that's when you can start facing and recognize the emotions of where it's coming from. Because we're emotional beings. Like it, we have emotions about everything. And until we can start doing better at processing and navigating it and just sitting with it and honoring those feelings, honoring those emotions, right? Like when I had those fear, I was like, where's this coming from? And how did I learn it? And then those questions of like, oh, I learned that here. I learned that at this age. And like, you just ask your questions, where does this emotion come from and what does it need? 
And sometimes it needed me to be loving and compassionate with myself. And sometimes it needed to be challenged. And sometimes it needed to be taken out because some of those thought processes weren't accurate. And so I was grateful for my therapist because she did. She helped me to put them on the table, question and ask, what does it need? Something that I've come to learn with obviously doing this for a while now, access to mental health services for the LGBT community, uh, especially, you know, I spend a lot of time in West Hollywood. People who are struggling with, you know, am I transgender? Am I gay? You know, wh- who am I? Like They don't understand that these services, therapists, uh, uh, these telehealth services like can help them. Mm-hmm. You know, just talk through what's going through in the head. I hear so many stories about people that struggled with, especially the transgender community. You know, I, I hear yeah. so many stories about people that just kill themselves because like they're not accepted by their family or they struggle with who they are. Am I normal? Am I not? Like it's, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, it is. And that's, again, I go back to like, especially individuals who are transgenders, like they don't shoot. It's not like they're like, Oh, it would be so much fun to completely change my identity and challenge the world and show up. Yeah. Like they don't do that. They don't think that, right? They're like, Oh my gosh, this is what's true to me. And this is hard. Like it's hard to change. It's hard to face the world that way. And so those who are willing to live like transparently and authentically, like mad props to them, because that is, it's a different level of pain and courage than most people understand. Most people never have to deal with that. No one has to stick up for their the way that they identify, you know, who they are. And so it's it's really challenging that people are still navigating how to see and view and face that when and others are others, you know, have those transitions and how to honor and respect it. Like it's just hard for them. And so there's a lot of compassion and love that's needed. I remember when I was I was in high school. I went to an all boys religious school uh, in Australia, and they were very anti gay, and you know, like it's the devil's curse and all that kind of crap. Whatever their little storybook tells them. And we, I remember, had this one kid that was in my year, and he was not only bullied by other students, but he was bullied by the faculty too. They made fun of him. He was quote unquote different. The way he spoke, the way he acted, the things that he that he wore. You know, he decided to paint his fingernails, whatever. And just after graduation, in our final year, he actually killed himself. And that that stuck with me for a really long time. Because even though I wasn't a part of what he went through, like I was still a bystander in it. And that's, I think, just something, a, a lesson a lot of people should learn is that like, we need to support humans in general, but especially people of the LGBT community that go through these things. They're trying to figure out who they are. When they're doing that, when they're navigating it, they'll figure it out faster in a loving, supportive environment. And they'll exactly. do it in a healthier way. Like if you're like, if any of those people are like, oh, it's just a phase or whatever. Like, no, just, yeah. just provide the space for them and they'll get on track faster because the more people have their opinions and thoughts, the more they question their own truth. And like, that's what we need is we need people to rely on their own intuition and not thinking about the world and how we can make everybody else comfortable. Yeah, there's a lot of lost lost souls out there right now trying to figure themselves out. And I mean, I think people like you, the things that you've done, who you are as a person, like that's an inspiration for other people that are still trying to figure out things. They can look to you as like this guiding light, like, hey, this chick is badass. You know, like <laughs> she's just like, she did this, she stuck it to the church. Like, you know, now she's happy, like she's free. Yeah. And I think that's what we need more. Like we need more... We need more jealous in the world. I mean, that kind of brings me to my next question is, what is your advice for someone that is going through some shit, like wanting to speak, 
you know, to their family about who they are, but like just the mental issues that they go through. Like it's really tricky. I mean, the things that I would recommend other people, like I, the advice that I would give someone is that the sooner that they can live authentically and transparently, the happier they'll be. Like the sooner they can do it, and it's going to be messy. It's going to be messy no matter what. Like figure out, and I'm not saying like, oh, make a big thing, come out to everybody, just live it immediately, 100%. But no, it's like, what's the next right thing that you need to do and do that next right thing? And then what's the next right thing after that? Because, you know, when I tell people, oh, just tell everybody, just come out. I did it in a week, you know, like, but my family is different than other families. And I've been very fortunate that I did have a positive response from my family. And so with others who struggle with having support, the next right thing is what their next step is. And for those who have had it hard, like I can relate and I can feel for those because like one of my best friends from college, like my best friends, I, you know, she asked me to be her maid of honor and we've had such this close relationship. I went out to her family, like whenever she's had a kid and I go, and if it's like, we we're really close. And when I came out to her, the things she said were awful. The things they wow. said were terrible, her and her husband. And they, they even asked her like, how did you become gay? Because we want to figure out how to prevent our daughters from becoming gay. Because obviously it's been wow. for you. And I was just like, I was shocked. Like I'd known him for, I mean, almost like eight years that we were best friends. Wow. And when it shifted, it's just the lack of understanding and the lack of, you know, I think there's ignorance. I think there's um, sheltered. I think they're sheltered in this space they're in, but either way it's, it's painful. And I, I know that other people experience similar things. And so what I want to say is like, whatever the mess is and whatever happens, make your mess, your message, because that's how you're going to help people. And that's how you're going to be able to support them. And when it sucks and you're going through it, you're like, you know what? this is going to become my message and this is going to be my way to help other people. And it sucks right now, but I know people have had it worse than me. Right. And I know people have had it better than me. I know people were like, they identified it in their teens and their parents have supported them all the way through. And, you know, people give me crap. They're like, Oh, well, why were you at a religious school? Oh, well, why did you do that for the attention? I'm like, how they're like, we, I knew that I was gay when I was a teen. Well, lucky for you. Good for you that you had that and you got to navigate that and you were supported. Like, Cause the rest of us didn't, that's just what we've got to deal with. And I, yeah. everybody's how they navigate it is so different and how they feel and how it, how people respond. But at the end of the day, run at the fear, whatever scares you run at it and face it and then make your mess, your message. That's actually some really good advice. What's next for you in your life? I want to continue to be a public speaker. I want to help empower people who specifically, you know, staff who work with youth, I value, I really value working with, with youth and teenagers. It's been my jam for almost eight, 10 years, you know? Yeah. And so I want to continue to help people improve in that area. And I want to continue public speaking. So we'll see how that all plays out. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Again, you're one of my heroes, not just for sticking up the LGBT community, but just sticking it to closed minded fucks in general. 